Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. A visitor to his garden. Written by Alt Cipher. Stan heard the six-legged scuttling that meant it was a juvenile approaching, not an adult. The rapid click-click-click rhythm made it nearly impossible for the children to hide from the adults. It was a wonder evolution didn't wipe them out a million years before they gained intelligence. Go home, kid, Stan said without looking up from his garden. The carrots were coming up nicely this year, but the cucumbers were looking depressed. He tried growing watermelons for himself as a treat, but they didn't seem to like something in the soil on this world. How did you know I was a kid? Stan's visitor asked. That much-repaired translator perched on his shoulder, took off the chirps and taps on the alien speech and turned them into his native English. Because, Stan said, and still working the soil, an adult would have known to call ahead, plus adults are smart enough to stay away from here. He turned over the dirt and checked for any infestations. My mom says I shouldn't leave the village, but I'm not scared, the kid said. Stan tamped down on the last of the soil and dusted his hands off. He stood up and faced the visitor. The kid could not have been more than three or four periods old. Stan always thought that the age of roughly a human eight or ten-year-old, but he knew the math never worked out nicely. Your mom's a smart lady. You should listen to her. The kid kicked up the fallen nut on the ground by his feet. We learned about the war at school last semester. One of the kids in my class said you were an invader and meant to destroy us. Stan said, then why'd you come up here? No, no, the kid said. You've been here as long as I can remember, and as long as my dad can remember, and maybe as long as my granddad can remember. If you were going to destroy us, why haven't you done it by now? Maybe I'm just taking my time, lulling you into a false sense of security. Then, when you at least expected, invasion! The kid looked up at Stan. It was hard to tell with their multifaceted eyes, but Stan thought the kid was squinting at him. The kid said, how can you be an invasion if you're just one man? Stan looked thoughtful for a moment. You know, you may have just found one flaw in my plan, he said, and Stan smiled, pounded the kid and turned to walk off towards his house. Go home, kid. There's nothing up here for you. The kid ran ahead of Stan and caught him well before he made the house. Tell me about the war, the kid said. Do they not teach you about the word please in your schools? Please teach me about the war, the kid said. Stan knew the translator didn't have the setting for wine, but he could hear it in the kid's voice all the same. Nothing to teach, kid. That was a long time ago, and it's over now. I'm just an old man a long way from home. Stan said. He made to step around the kid, but the kid was too quick for Stan with a slump. Why are you still here? If the war is long time ago, why are you still on my planet? Stan sighed. A lot of people have asked me that. Hell, I've asked myself that. Truth is, I got tired. Tired of always being on the move. Tired of a bad foot. Tired of others. Tired of fighting. When the war was over, I retired. This planet had been my last assignment. So, I just stayed here. 
Always thought I'd move on when the mood struck me, but it never did. Happy now? I'm just a tired, old man who's too set in his ways to move. Your people invaded us, the kid said. How did the others let you stay? Weren't people still mad at you? Some of them, yeah. Your people were part of a coalition of wolves that invaded some of our colonies. There was plenty of war to go around in those days. We found a few other races that your coalition had done the same way, and we fought back. My people ended up invading a lot of the coalition colonies, including this one. Eventually, everybody signed a peace treaty, and the war was over. Your elders didn't have a say in me staying on this world. They did everything they legally could to make me feel unwelcome, but I outlived them all. So now, I'm just part of the scenery. Everyone remembers me always being here, so no one thinks too much of it, as long as I keep to myself. I don't think you should be here. Why don't you go back to your own world? Stan wiped his forehead with the back of his hand. The sun had climbed up since the kid had arrived, and Stan was working on a face full of sweat. Kid, if you want to talk, come inside. It's too warm out here, and I've got a cold drinks in the house. Stan walked around the kid into the house. He heard a clicking of the kid's feet follow him inside. After Stan had poured himself a tall glass of ice-cold water, he set the glass down for the kid as well. I don't want to go back to my own world, Stan said, because it's too crowded there. Earth is bursting at the seams with people, and I can't stand it. I thought about the colonies, but, uh, well, I'm sure there'd be too many busybodies there for me. But yeah, I get a visitor maybe once every six or seven periods. That's about as much socialization as I want. I get my care package from Earth every now and then, and I like my privacy, and I like not being plugged into all of the lies and bustling and, uh, well... All the people back home. My teacher says your people are pack animals, that you need others to survive. Most do, yeah. In fact, you'd think most of them would sooner go without air than without company. But there are a few, like me, who would rather be free to do as we please. Your people are little like that. The kid stared at him with the large, open eyes, as if trying to drink in the everything that made Stan who he was. It felt a little disconcerting to Stan to be so openly examined after his self-imposed solitude. He took another drink of his water to hide his unease. You're a strange invader, the kid finally said. Stan laughed. Yeah, I suppose I am that. You should probably head home. Your parents are probably worried about you. The kid said his goodbyes and left, and Stan thought about the visitor long after he'd gone. He wondered what the kid would tell his own children about the time he met the invader that lived up in the hills above the town. Early the next morning, Stan heard the rapid series of knocks on the door as he prepared breakfast. Stan went to the door with an iron skillet in hand. When he opened the door, the kid was standing there and then fell face first into the house. Stan helped him up and then laid him on the rug near the fireplace. What happened? Stan asked. The kid's face was scratched and squadron in a dozen places, one leg hump limping as side. The kid's eyes were wild and unfocused. Stan had to hold the kid's head to make him listen. Dad, the kid said. He stopped to catch his breath to focus on talking. Dad was angry when I told him I came up here and said, uh, said mean things. Told me to come live up here if I liked you so much. Your dad beat you because you came up and talked to me yesterday. The kid nodded weakly his head bobbing up and down. Wait here, Stan said. He went down and got a warm washcloth and some bandages. He spent the morning tending to the kid and patching him up. The kid's bodily fluids turned the washcloths a silky shade of green. 
When it looked like the kid was in a good shape enough again, his head clear enough, Stan let him lie down in the bedroom. I've got to go out for a while, Stan said. The kid looked up from the bed. I'll be back though. You rest if you need anything. Help yourself to whatever you can find. Food's in the kitchen. Stan went to the storeroom that he'd put in a few years back. There were things in there that never wanted to see again, but also things that he'd never want to be without. The memories he hid in the storeroom were the worst part of it. The kid heard Stan rattling around the house for some time and then drifted off to sleep. His sleep was fitful as every time he'd shift his weight, he'd land on some newly sensitive part of his body. His face had taken the worst of it as he tried to rest without moving it. The kid was woken later by the door squeaking open. The room was dim and he could tell the sun was setting. He must have been asleep for hours. His face was tender but barely followed his orders and the door to the bedroom slid open without making a sound. Oh, you're awake, Stan said. He turned on the light and came into the room. We have some things to talk about when you feel up to it. I'm ready now, the kid said. You sure? Maybe you should rest a bit more. I'd like to hear what it is, the kid said. Okay. Well, you don't have to worry about your dad beating on you anymore. Unfortunately, you won't be able to go back home either. What did you do? I reminded your dad that I was an invader, and I explained to him that I didn't like him hitting you. He took exception to that. Then I reminded your dad that my people had won the invasion, and how we did so. The kid looked closer at Stan. The human had put on some kind of hard-shelled clothing that didn't move with the breeze. The man had large splotches of greeny orange across the front of him. Strapped to the man's hip was something heavy that pulled at his pants. How did you remind him? The kid asked. Brutally, Stan said. Very brutally. End of story. Story number two. Weaponization Hypermissiles Written by Golganash Trust humans to turn anything into a weapon. It does not matter if it has other uses, or how other species would never think of such a terrible idea. The humans will always use it in their military. We first learned this when the humans managed to take on a Treyer fleet five times their size on their own. We asked them how they did this. The ship's commander moved his shoulders in what was known as a um, shrug and said that it was easy because they didn't use any hypermissiles. We asked them what hypermissiles were and the commander was surprised that we'd never heard of them. Apparently, humans took hyperdrive, a classic piece of technology that is so antiquated and set in its ways that no one thought of it as anything else other than a way to move quickly from one point in space to another and had a revelation that no other species had. Then again, no other species is as crazy as the humans. If something is going to go through hyperspace collided with something in real space, the destruction was approximately cubed from what would be normally. Of course, humans had used this information to make an array of hypermissiles, which were much smaller than normal missiles. Some, the size of the commander's chair, was able to take out the patrol ship, others the half-size of a battleship, and we would shudder to think what that weapon would do if the humans used them. According to what few scientists willing to study the human's insanity theorized, they would likely destroy an entire continent, if not more. 
Unlike the missiles made by saner species in a galaxy, hypermissiles are practically impossible to dodge, hitting their target within seconds of being fired, even when fired from the other side of the solar system. Uh, usually, the only warning a ship gets before being annihilated is a faint glimmer on an instant before collision. Most species refuse on principle to even think of using hypermissiles, while others eagerly adopt it in their own militaries. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your viewpoint, the humans have shared no information beyond the core concept of hypermissiles, guarding it jealously against other species for fear that they will use it against them. And that is how humans became the primary arms dealer of the galaxy. Any questions, class? End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.